the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. True North, on AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. Saturday mornings at 8 or via podcast anytime. Now, let's get into it with your host, Dirk Hobbs. All right, good Saturday morning, everyone. It is Dirk Hobbs. You're listening to True North. That means it is uh, Saturday, and you're probably out running around looking at our beautiful landscape. It's a cooler day today. It's fall in the air. It is August 26th, and gosh, we're almost done with August. Uh, By now, you should have put your kids back in school. If you haven't, (laughs) you're probably in trouble. Uh, so make sure you catch up on that and uh, get them back in school because, yeah, the buses are running around. It's that time of season, and fall is flirting with us right now. Uh, so we got a cooler day today. Uh, just checking in with uh, everyone here, reminding you of our September 18th golf tournament. Uh, this is the Ambassadors for Hope golf tournament that we're hanging out with Colorado Springs Orthopedic Group. Had a flying horse all day, and we're going to raise some money for Reclaiming Hope. So we've talked a lot about those folks. In fact, we had some uh, of the Reclaiming Hope staff in here last week. If you were listening and understanding uh, the human and sex trafficking discussion more in general. So we're going to take the veil off that uh, and and really start to, you know, remove the taboo about discussing it because it's happening here in our backyard. And we want to make sure people are aware uh, of what's going on and then how to engage and help and get involved. So for starters, let's raise some money for Reclaiming Hope. And, you know, I know this is one of those towns where – Everybody's got a golf tournament. Everybody's got a social event and and what have you. But you know this is important stuff. We got we got our kids out there that are getting sideways. They're vulnerable. Maybe they don't have a great home life. Um, and they find themselves exposed to predators and um, and even young women uh, all the way into their thirties and forties uh, find themselves doing things they would never dream of. Um, just to put food on the table or whatever they can do to help their family survive. And that's just not the way to go. Uh, so we're going to help them uh, get out of that. Uh, we're going to give them some dignity bags. And uh, that's where Reclaim- Reclaiming Hope steps in and really puts their arms around them and uh, helps them with those first steps back into a civilian life. So join us uh, September 18th. There's still time to register, ambassadorsforhopecos.com. Still a handful of slots out there. We are closing in on a full field here pretty quick. Uh, but don't, uh, just because I say that, don't let it get past you. Uh, call, uh, go to the URL, register your team, and uh, let's have, yeah, play hooky. And let's raise some money for a good cause, okay? Uh, next thing, uh, the Business Digest. Uh, I'm so excited <laughs> to give this thing birth because, uh, as you can probably imagine, we've been working on this for close to a year. Um, you know, the, the region needs a substantive business communique, and we are filling that void. We're going to have a very solid uh, material discussion around economic development 
around business, around our clusters in this region that employ us and make our region special. Uh, of course, everybody knows by now that Spacecom is home now in southern Colorado, and that's a big deal. And subsequently, a lot of companies are falling in line uh, to stay here in southern Colorado. And one of those announcements was made earlier this week uh, by the uh, Colorado Springs EDC and Chamber, and that is BOCOR is staying here. They're going to be making an $8 million investment. And they are uh, going to be employing about another 450 people here in southern Colorado. So that's a big deal. Um, you know, those are high-paying jobs. And and we got to really figure out, you know, how do we showcase our business community to the world? Because uh, right now, if you read our communications in the community, you'd say, well, there's it's a nice place to visit. There's Pikes Peak. There's a lot of other things. Uh, you know, there's the Olympic Committee might be there. The Broadmoor's there. But you know what? This is one of the most sophisticated business communities in Colorado, and we're going to showcase that to the world. So we're very excited uh, to launch the Digest second week in September. It's coming, and we're also going to put a radio program here on Salem uh, called the Business Digest Weekly. That's going to air Fridays at 3 o'clock. So uh, stay tuned. You're probably going to hear some advertising around that, and then you're going to meet some of those business influencers and the people that are getting it done around the community. Everything from city officials to uh, people that are in the private sector, the venture capital sector, and so forth. And, of course, those economic experts uh, that can help us understand how to read the tea leaves on economic development equations. So enough of that. Uh, I want to thank Ramos Law for supporting us because we get to meet great people like we're going to meet today in the studio. We have two folks. Uh, I want to spend some time helping our listeners really understand what is the Salvation Army. Uh, You hear it, you see it, and, of course, you probably start to smell pine in the air when you get the Christmas bells and everything else going on uh, as you're going into the grocery stores. But I have two very special people in the studio with me this morning, Doug Hansen, who is the captain of the Salvation Army for Colorado Springs, and Jeannie Turner, Community Relations Director here in Southern Colorado. Good morning. Good morning. Glad you're here. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having us. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, first of all, I like to paint a little portraiture of of the people we're talking to. Mm -hmm. So, Doug, how long have you been in in this business? Yeah, so my wife and I, we've been ordained with the Salvation Army for 11 years. So we've been officers in the Salvation Army. And they kind of move us like uh, like the military. So okay. they don't ask our input, and they just put us wherever they want to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it does yeah. function like an army. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. And Jeannie, how about you? I have been with the Salvation Army going on seven years now. Okay. Mm-mm. And yeah. you've always been a local? I born and raised. You and I are rare in this in this uh, okay. community. Hey, yeah, hey. born and raised in Colorado Springs. My husband was in the military, so we did leave for about twenty years, but okay. came back home about twelve years ago. You want to give a shout out to your high school? <laughs> well, I had two of them, believe it or not, at Air Academy, and then my junior year when they split the school to Rampart, um, there was no choice again back then, and it was east of the highway, west of the highway, so I ended up graduating from Rampart. There you go, you got a Rampart grad. Hey, hey. So, Doug, where are you from? Originally? I'm from yeah, I'm from Washington State. Yeah, okay. Born and raised over there, and uh, in Bellingham, particularly. Okay, yeah, and that's where you were introduced to the Salvation Army as a career. Uh, no. So, yeah, since it's a church, so that's just where I started attending as a church. My girlfriend at the time, I was a sophomore in high school. She said, hey, do you want to go to the Salvation Army? And I'm like, 
I'll go shopping. That's cool. What, whatever. I don't. You got a car. I don't. And I thought we were going to the thrift store. We ended up going to youth group, and uh, you know, so it was a super long, like three week relationship. But uh, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, three week relationship. So there you go. Yep. But she plugged you in. Yes. To the Salvation Army, mm-hmm. and it just stuck. Yeah, yeah. So what was it about it that drew you in? Boy, you know, uh, I I was raised Catholic till about ten, and then when Daddy stopped going to church, everyone stopped going to church. Not till I was like twelve, mm-hmm. so I had a, a faith background for sure, a strong one. We were pretty active. I was shocking that he stopped going, but um, so then the first time I went to church after that, I just I don't know, my soul clung to that, or there was something inside of me that really clung to uh, to the message that I hadn't heard in three years, just because of the hiatus of the whole family not going to church. So then there I was, a family of eight, six kids and a mom and a dad, and I was the only one going to church. But the Salvation Army would pick me up, uh, you know, twice a week to take me to, you know, little scout programs when I was a teenager and um, and uh, church on Sunday. No and then you met Betsy. And then I yes, <laughs> then I went to seminary college and the, or bridal college is, is that what they call them? The, not Bible college, but bridal college. Yes. And then I I've met never my heard wife. That. <laughs> you know, okay. there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a lot of marriages happen out of uh, seminary. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, so folks, if you know, if you're still longing out there, maybe seminary in, in, in your future. So. Uh, well, I want to get into a little bit about more about who you are mm-hmm. and what you do specifically here. But I really want to unpack the Salvation Army because people hear it and they're like, yeah, I know the Salvation Army. Actually, you may not. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to give you a better education on that. And we want to invite you to take a listen to all the assets they have in town and all the programs and how much of an impact this organization actually has. All right, we're going to take a quick break here and check in with Jay Dial, who's running a thing called the Colorado Springs Stampede. It's underwritten by Underline, and they're going to be out at the Norris Penrose Center. Uh, Jay, are you with me? I am. Good morning. Hey, good morning, brother. Tell us a little bit about this. This sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, the Colorado Springs Stampede is the first one coming right here to the base of Pikes Peak over at Norris Penrose Event Center, kind of like you just mentioned. September 7th, 8th, and 9th, we got tickets on sale at TripleJRodeo.com. Bring the family, a whole lot of fun. It's going to be a good time. What are the, some of the highlights? I mean, what when folks, you know, those folks that have moved from California or New York, they may, they may not know what a stampede is. Unpack that real quick for us. You know, a stampede is, is kind of a moniker for great rodeo time. You know, we see a lot of the great uh, shows, especially in Colorado, where you got the Greeley Stampede, Elizabeth Stampede. Well, Colorado Springs doesn't have a stampede, so we do now. And then, of course, we're bringing everybody's favorites of the bull riding and the bar- uh, barrel racing. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, we appreciate it. One more time on the call out on how people can get tickets. You bet. TripleJRodeo.com right now. Make sure to check the coupon codes to save some money on that, too. That's triple, the letter J, Rodeo.com. Appreciate you, Jay. We'll see you out there. See you guys. I got a nightmare phone call that no parent wants to receive. Someone hit me going 60 miles an hour. Dr. Ramos uh, came highly recommended. When I showed him the x-rays, he immediately knew exactly what was wrong. We've had a tremendous experience with Ramos Law. Really, I could not be happier. Having the car accident was an accident. Finding Ramos Law was no accident. Injured in a car accident? Ramos Law can help. RamosLaw.com. And we're back for the second quarter here. You're listening to True North. It is Saturday, August 26th. It's a nice, cool morning out there. Get out and run. 
walk with your dog, do whatever you do, but uh, breathe deep and uh, just enjoy the fact that we're living in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we were starting to get to know some folks over at the Salvation Army. Uh, before we go back to that conversation, I want to bring your attention Saturday, September 2nd. Uh, this is the Labor Day liftoff. This is our version of the Albuquerque Balloon Fiesta. We're doing our own thing up here now, and we're getting a lot of balloons and a lot of participants up at this great event. And uh, our friends over at the Sports Corp helped put this on. Colorado Springs Labor Day liftoff, Saturday, September 2nd, 2023. There's a whole bunch of activities going on, and then throughout that weekend into Sunday, more stuff coming. Morning sessions, evening sessions, and, of course, music and fun food. So go out and celebrate that. Uh, back here with Doug Hansen, captain of the Salvation Army, Colorado Springs, and Jeannie Turner, community relations director here, guys. We were getting to know you a little bit, and uh, we understand that there's a little secret about uh, seminaries. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, I really didn't know that. So, uh, But you, you've, you've found the love of your life in seminary. Yes. and. The rest is history. Yep. Put a whole bunch of young people, like-minded. Yep. Ah, there you go. <laughs> it's all good. Marriage all happens. Good. <laughs> so you you really started gravitating toward the Salvation Army mission very early in your life as a participant. Uh, and when did that turn into an <clears throat> occupation for you, Doug? Yeah, really, you're asking me um, – where did I get my uh, individual calling? And uh, I got that at a very young age in life. I mean, uh, I think people might think it's mystic, but I believe I've heard the voice of God a few times. And Mm -hmm. first time I heard his voice, he said, you'll be a Salvation Army officer, to which I chuckled. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I've been drawn to the the Salvation Army and the work that they do. I I really particularly like the, um, it's, uh, I think a church with its working gloves on or, you could say it's a church that um, really specializes in showing the love of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, we certainly tell people about it, but it's just uh, doing for others and uh, all the work that we do uh, abroad, internationally, and uh, and uh, at every zip code in America. Absolutely. Well, before the show, you and I were kind of unpacking. Um, people don't know necessarily that you are a church. Yeah. And you have a mission specific uh, in which you, when you say put the gloves on, I appreciate that because you really are – okay, we've got a church, we've got a mission, let's get into it. Yeah, yeah. So the Salvation Army certainly is a, the church with its working gloves on, but um, uh, yeah, that's always been a gravitation of mine, of being able to do something with it. And you know, most churches, uh, a lot of churches are are um, do participate, they do help out other people, but with certainly the Salvation Army is majored in that from the get-go, from the inception. We only ever started out to be more like a... Um, an evangelistic crusade to lead homeless and uh, al- uh, addicted people and prostitutes in the streets of London mm-hmm. to the Lord back in the 1800s. And uh, those people, after they were made converts, uh, churches wouldn't accept them. You know, they didn't buy the pew. They didn't have the right Sunday attire, yeah. the homeless guy. Yeah. And so um, our founder, who was a Methodist preacher, he realized real quick that um, leading them to the Lord, but then with the church environment at the time, he, uh, it ended up becoming a denomination accidentally. Right. Yeah. Well, a lot of people forget the Lord put his arms around a lot of those folks. Yeah. Um, just as readily as anyone else. You know, it was the Pharisees who were on the outside looking in, right? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, no, I appreciate that. And so you've got a like a threefold mission. 
unpack that a little bit for us. Yeah, so the Salvation Army's threefold mission, really the charge to us officers who are in charge of the Salvation Army in our communities is to save souls, to serve or to grow saints mm-hmm. and to serve suffering humanity. Okay. Yeah, salvation, discipleship and service. And uh, yeah, that's our mission. So we put Christ in our programs that we do. Um, I know that we're probably more famous for our thrift stores and our bell ringing. But if people know a little bit more behind the um, uh, the scenes of what the Salvation Army does, they would know about our our food pantries, our maybe our emergency disaster service, or our shelters all across America, and many other programs. Um, and that's us uh, really um, majoring in helping people and showing the love of God. And that's that serving part, that Correct. serving, suffering humanity, because, mm-hmm. you know, we may not uh, often assign ourselves as suffering, you know, particularly in our first world paradigm here. Um, but Jeannie, we'll get into this a little bit later when you're talking about the the number, the sheer number of families you guys are serving here in this region, and I think that's going to be an eye opener for our listeners here. Um, but the, let's let's go back to the three. So saving souls, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the great things you said in in our pre interview was, you know, we don't force this upon them, but we certainly present it to them, and but that's not a prerequisite for them receiving your services. Yeah, yeah. That's a great distinction we like to make is that no services, um, no service requires anybody to listen to a gospel presentation or, or to be preached to. Mm-hmm. We are, are simply there to show people love. But it's, it's hard not to talk about Jesus when you're just around people. And so we, a lot of our staff are people of faith. And, um, and so we try to find ways just to build personal relationships, just one-on-one mm-hmm. with the clients that we go to. And like if you're in our food pantry, our food pantry sees hundreds of people every day that it's open. And um, our staff, many of them are believers, and they're just making – they're just building relationships. Some of our guests, they'll see a little bit more frequently than other ones. And uh, they're, they're building relationships. Yeah. How can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Are you okay with that? And uh, so we lead, if you're a person of faith, you might get this, we lead more people to the Lord Monday through Friday than we do on Sunday. Yeah. And it just kind of changes or shifts perhaps what you identify as ministry. Mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone would say that, yes, talking to people about the Lord any day of the week is ministry. But, um, yeah, our church focuses seven days a week, and not just on Sunday. you do it intentionally. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the byproduct of that is your second one, which is the growing saints yeah. in that relationship dynamic. You know, it's interesting because I would imagine some of those individuals and families that are coming to you, I mean, they're not in a headspace to really tackle necessarily a, a, a walk with Christ. Yeah. In, in fact, they may be on the opposite end of the spectrum of that. They may say, <laughs> uh, I, I don't think so. Yeah. Can I pray for you? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'll pass. Certainly. So how do we get them there? I mean, the relationship aspect, unpack that a little bit and what that looks like when when you meet somebody, it's mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. They, they just, they can't even see the forest through the trees, man. Yeah, I I would point back to the verse that says the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And when I, I everyone focuses on the laborers are few, but I focus in on the harvest is ripe, and that means I don't have to pull too hard. So if we're just building relationships with people and they're not ready to, no, I don't want you to pray for me. I don't want to hear about. I don't want your Christian pamphlet or anything. Right. Fine, but we're not aggressive. We're yeah. It's it's simply on the table and available. Or someone will. There is a prayer booth like at the end of the food pantry if people want to stop for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but and that's how we put so many of our different programs like even our shelter is we're just trying to build relationship and if people want to cleave to that then we're there with them if people are not interested we're just there to help yep Jeannie, what's up you know you'd be surprised how many people um our family services manager after she gives them utility assistance or something and she'll say you know, can i pray with you and they are stunned. There are so many people out there who have never had someone ask to pray with them, ask to do that. And so it's amazing. The majority yeah. of the people say, well, yeah, uh, you know, and they, and they're, they are really stunned. So, so that's something I think we mm-hmm. all need to be aware of is that they can always say no, yeah. but you would be amazed how many people it will immediately bring to tears because they've mm-hmm. never been yeah. prayed for. Absolutely. Well, I love the mission, and I love the fact that you guys are committed to it. So what what does your volunteer and staff look like here in the region? I mean, how many how many folks wear the Salvation Army shield? Yeah, so we have a staff of just about 50 people, kind of okay. seasonal flex there. Sure. And um, in our volunteers, boy, on a regular basis, like every day, if you walk through our buildings, you're going to see 15 to 20 volunteers. But our whole roster is well over 500. And then wow. you throw on our kettle program. You know, yeah. we get so many unique, I just ring bells. That's the only volunteer they do with the Army. And we love you. Thank you. But uh, that adds on another four to 500 more volunteers. So we have a ton of volunteers. Yeah. Okay. I think last year we had over 200,000 like hours of volunteer service and all that. I mean, wow. we have a lot. Of, no, tw- I'm sorry, not 200, 20,000, 20,000. 20, 20, yeah, me and numbers. I know I'm not good at numbers. <laughs> 20,000 of volunteer hours. And that's a lot. That's over $2 million of value that they add to us. So That's tremendous. And when people are passing by those kettles, um, I, w- I want them to stop and get a little understanding. So what are people actually contributing to when they drop those, those bills in, in the kettle? Yeah, so the uh, the kettle program, a uh, little shout out in our our western territory, the Salvation Army is broken up into these territories. In our western territory, Colorado Springs or El Paso County is the number one kettle location in the western territory. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. So kudos Colorado Springs. To our team. Yeah, yeah Fountain Valley, Springs. yeah, Monument, uh, all these different communities. Um yeah, so uh, they're giving to the Salvation Army's work all year round, but really uh, some of the costly services that we're doing right at the same time is our Thanksgiving feeding program, and, which we serve out of five different locations. Mm-hmm. So we're serving uh, golly, it's, uh, just south of 3,000 hot meals on Thanksgiving Day and delivering to their house. And then on Christmas, it's a, it's a little bit less, but it's the same program serving a hot meal on Christmas Day and Thanksgiving Day. And then all the toy drives, just covering uh, the cost of uh, the huge toy drive that we do giving toys to needy children. It's unbelievable, so, man. Yeah. How much stuff a lot of great you programs. do. It's a lot of great programs. So that those are where the funds are going, and mm-hmm. you guys put those funds right back out into the community. Yeah, and all yeah. of you – and uh, some people might get uh, a little bit confused or – They've seen it done poorly with uh, other organizations, but all of the money given here in El Paso County stays in El Paso County. Okay. Yeah, so all the money stays right here. It's not funding. Uh, some people fear that a good portion of the income's funding other Salvation Armies, but it stays here. Yeah. And, you know, that's something people don't realize is that we are local. Like they think we're this big giant organization, oh, the Salvation Army, and that money just kind of trickles down from some mm-hmm. big source. But every single thing we do in this community, 
is raised and funded by this community. Absolutely love it. So accountability is top of the list there, folks. We're talking to Doug Hansen, captain of the Salvation Army Colorado Springs, and Jeannie Turner, who we're going to get into it with a little bit later here in the third and fourth quarters, because she's going to help us understand not only these programs, but some of the actual boots-on-the-ground work with facilities that are helping families get to where they need to get next. But before we go... What is your jam song, Jeannie, when you're running around town and you just had a great day? Oh, boy. It's more my, my relaxed song. My end-of-the-day song would have to be Somewhere Over the Rainbow by Iz. Iz. I, I can't even say his last name, so don't ask. <laughs> Who can? All right. Back in a minute. and FM 101.1. The answer. I like the dark and I think to myself. All right, we're also going to check in with Kay Goodell out at the Rocky Mountain Vibes. This, I'll tell you, this team came alive in the second half of the season. Good morning, Kay. What's going on out there? Good morning. We are in our last uh, two home stands here. We've got uh, games through Sunday this week, and then we play 7, 8, 9 in September. A lot of fun stuff happening. Uh, we've got Ryan LaVarnway catching for us tonight, uh, for a former World Series champion. So that'll be really exciting to have wow. him on the team tonight and tomorrow as he preps for Team Israel. That's terrific. Well, you got eight more games here at home, and we want to pack the stadium. How do we get out to you? Yeah, uh, vibesbaseball.com. The box office is almost always open, especially when we have games. We get in pretty early or give us a call. Well, let's do our part, folks. Get out there to UC Health Park out on Powers and Barnes, and let's help push these guys into the playoffs. Thanks, Kay. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you at the ballpark. All right, we are back here with True North, and I am your host, Dirk Hobbs. Uh, Welcome back. Hope you're having a great morning so far. We're in the second half here with Doug Hansen, captain of the Salvation Army Colorado Springs, and uh, Jeannie Turner, community, Community Relations Director. Uh, for the organization as well. So if you've listened to the first half of the program, you've gotten to know Doug and Jeannie just a little bit, but you've also gotten to know that you know, the Salvation Army is much more than the than the thrift store and the you know the Christmas campaign with the kettles in front of the grocery stores and a lot of other places throughout town. And what I'm trying to do here is, you know, we take for granted a lot of assumed knowledge about organizations throughout the region, whether it's Red Cross or Springs Rescue Mission or the Salvation Army. And you see, I know what they do. I know what they do. But do you? Um, That would be my question, because I'm learning a lot here, too, uh, just as we're talking here in real time about all of the different lives and methods that you touch people. And it's a tremendous body of work. Uh, And also didn't know that you really started out as a church Mm -hmm. and your mission, again, saving souls, Mm -hmm. growing saints and serving suffering humanity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Doug, I appreciate that backgrounder because that really tees up, uh, you know, that that putting the gloves on, getting your getting your hands in it, and really going out there and helping people take those next steps. 
And so how do they meet you or how do you meet them? How does that process work? Do they just come knocking on your door one day and say, help? Yeah, well, we have s- such a variety of programs. Our website really probably is the best way just to kind of figure out um, where to go. But yeah, if they come down to our main community center, our, our main complex on uh, Yuma Street, our main campus there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, we have so many different programs. Uh, another great resource, a lot of people will use uh, United Ways 211, just the referral center. Yeah. Because we offer so many different programs, it's probably great to start there to find out. That's you know, a good idea. If you need a food pantry, 211 knows the 82 places or the yeah. dozen places or so that might be able to help out with that or utility assistance or okay. yeah, a hot meal or, or a shelter. Right. And what does it look like when a family, Jeannie, I want to kind of get you in mm-hmm. here on the conversation. What does it look like when a, when a, uh, a family walks up to the Salvation Army? Are they introduced by an ambassador out there to the organization or do they just walk up? You know, there's several ways. Um, a lot of the police department, they will often, you know, find these homeless families either in their car or in their tents or whatever, and they will refer them to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also get referrals from word of mouth. You know, the, they're on mm-hmm. the streets and somebody will say, hey, you know, have you checked out the Salvation Army? And, and then, um, as Captain Doug said, a lot of people just go to our website and they're looking for family shelters or food banks. And, mm-hmm. and so that's how they find us. And, and how did they, without being gratuitous about it, I mean, how, how did they end up there? I mean, what happened in their lives that has has put them in a position to need that? Right. Well, I I always like to say um, nobody ends up in a desperate situation overnight. Um, There's typically Mm, a lot of wreckage. You know, there's a lot of wreckage that occurs in their life. And it it could be substance abuse. It could be credit problems. You know, and there are people that could just lose a job. I mean, how many people Mm. could pay their mortgage if they didn't have employment for several months? You know, so so you never know if it's financial or what. But but there's usually some type of wreckage that comes um, that puts them in whatever situation they're at. And that's um, kind of what Captain Doug was saying as well. We meet them right there where they're at, whether they're homeless, whether they're hungry, um, whether they need utility assistance. We just love them. We bring them on in right where they're at. But then one of the things the Salvation Army is really good at is we are a hand up. Mm. We're not just a handout. So we immediately start talking to them and building that relationship that we've been talking about and finding out how do we get you out of this situation? How can we help you out of this situation? And are they receptive to that conversation? You would be amazed at how many people, you know, even um, our utility assistants, we're one of the cities, well, we are the city's largest distributor of COPE utilities assistance, and we don't just give them that money. Our case manager sits down with them, they bring in their bank statements, their utility bill, and she goes over and makes a budget with them. And you would be amazed at how many people don't even know they don't make enough money Mm. to pay their bills. You know, because there's a lot of life skills that many of our audience members and many of us just take for granted. Mm -hmm. You know, we know how to balance a checkbook. We know how to save money, things like that. And and there's a lot of people who don't have those basic life skills. So, yes, they usually are really receptive to us going, hey, this is what it's going to take to get you from a to you know b mm. or whatever to get you out of the situation and so sometimes some are harder than others you know there's yeah. there's a varying you know homelessness especially is a very complex uh issue there's really no one thing that causes homelessness there's not one way out there's not one answer otherwise we'd have it we'd have it solved we would have no homeless people <laughs> yeah. so yeah it's a very complex issue but um you know we're doing our best out there to really meet people where they're at and try to get them out of their situations and so what is the the breadth and scope of your coverage now i mean your services how, how much families are you serving? 
Oh, you, this is really going to stun people. Our numbers last year, we served um, one in every 15 people living in El Paso County. We literally provided some type of service to someone in every single zip code in our in our county. So there is no, you know, need knows no boundaries. Yeah. And, and that was um, over half a million services. So everything from shelter to food pantry to, uh, yeah, that's uh, a lot. One in 15. One in 15. Citizens in El Paso County have been touched by the Salvation Army. Yeah. That's extraordinary. Yeah, that's uh, what, 45,000 unique individuals? Yeah. 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 So, so the need for contribution is there. I mean, this, this doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, in as much as you have a huge fleet of volunteers and, and some staff out there, I mean, you still, at the end of the day, you need to raise money for this thing. And, you know, nonprofits, I mean, that, that's, that's how you function. Right. And so what does that relationship look like? How can how can folks that are listening and and their friends get to know the Salvation Army and can they designate how those funds are used? Absolutely. And, you know, one of the neat things we kind of touched on earlier about the Salvation Army is that um, your money stays local. It's helping right here in your community. And a lot of people don't understand that because we are um, we are the actual the world's largest non-government social service provider. So we're a big brand and people think that their money is going to go somewhere else. It doesn't. It goes right here in our community. And, you know, if they wanted to designate it to help children, we have children's programs, our after school program, our um, children. Right now we have 70 children at our shelter. So, yeah, so if they if that's their passion, they can certainly designate. Mm -hmm. Um, They could designate to feeding. You know, and we have people that do that. Or one of the other things that's great about the Salvation Army is that we are known as one of the best stewards of people's money. So you can pretty much be assured that if you give to the Salvation Army, it's going to go to a good cause. And the majority of your money is going directly to programs here in our community. Absolutely. Well, and talk about the families again. Let's go back to that group. Um, so you've, you're have you opening a new facility or, or renovating a facility out on, uh, is it the J.W. Montgomery? The R.J. Montgomery R. J. Center. Montgomery. Yeah, R.J. Montgomery you. Center. So we just renovated that and had a ribbon cutting in May. Okay. We converted that shelter from uh, serving single individuals, single men, single women, and families to an all-family shelter. And so we just had the ribbon cutting and we've been full. We've been turning away families, You're actually, full. even. Yes. Yeah. And, and when you turn away family, that's heartbreaking. It is so okay. heartbreaking. Yeah. So what does that look like for them? I mean, they're just, I mean, are they given direction? Yeah. You yeah. know, we, we try to refer them to other sources. Um, we try to, you know, we can put some of them up in hotels occasionally, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. But uh, some of them actually end up leaving town. You know, they just yeah. cannot get sheltering. And, you know, we have 31 beds down there now. It's amazing. If I encourage your listeners, if you haven't seen the shelter, to give us a holler and come down and look at it. Um, we now have 31 family, um, we call them cubicles. They're, they have their own private rooms. And it okay. just makes it a much more normal for the families and the kids to have these rooms and right. stuff. We can serve single dads now with kids, which we couldn't serve before. Okay. So it's just really opened up a population um, that we've not been able to meet the needs as greatly as we are right now. So help people understand, because there's other great missions out there. There's the food pantry, care and share. There's there's uh, Springs Rescue Mission. There's, of course, the American Red Cross, which may, people may not be as confused about the difference between those organizations. Mm-hmm. But certainly maybe the Springs Rescue Mission and Karen Share. Differentiate yourself from that. I mean, you're partners in, in the humanity effort, but how, how do folks separate who goes where and how that works? You know, that's one of the neat things about Colorado Springs is that a lot of our nonprofits, we do collaborate. We do have, uh, you know, awesome. yeah, we have a conversation with them and we get some of our food from Karen Share and Springs Rescue Mission. You know, uh, our 
CEOs of uh, Springs Rescue Catholic Charities and us, they meet, uh, you know, quarterly and they talk about things. And, um, and so we all are making sure that we each have our lane, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Springs Rescue Mission, they're doing a great job right now serving single men and single women um, and a little bit more of the chronically homeless um, population. Right. We right now are serving the homeless families primarily and homeless veterans. We actually have the one of the state's largest and most successful veteran transitional housing programs as well. Yeah, so, yeah, so we all kind of have our lanes. Um, mm-hmm. we, we work together. We collaborate. We, uh, as part of our case management and part of our services, we refer to other programs. Hey, we can't help you, but so-and-so can mm-hmm. and and so there's a uh, one of the really neat things about Collar Springs is that collaboration. Yep, I love it, Doug. So, what's your yeah. call to action for the group? <clears throat> well, you know, if what we're saying resonates with you, if you're like, "Oh, I like those programs," there's a handful of different ways that people can get involved. Volunteering is certainly one great avenue. You could. You could uh, be a part of the food pantry. You could help distribute the food. You could you could help serve hot meals at the uh, the family shelter. Uh, we do that seven days a week, and uh, many different ways to serve. And so, if you went to our website at uh, helpcoloradosprings.com, there's a uh, a volunteer link, uh, mm-hmm. a volunteer link. And so that's one great way. Certainly, giving. You're right. We are um, independent financially from our headquarters, and so we uh, have to raise our seven million dollar budget on our own. And uh, we need help. We need help. Right now, the um, economy, as it's going down, the need has risen. Sure. All of our programs have gone up, but what hasn't gone up is our giving. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the dichotomy of a down economy means the need increases, but the donations go down. In an up economy, the need decreases, but the donations go up. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, we certainly need your help. And once again, at our website, helpcoloradosprings.com. There's an easy way to um, link up. And you could be a, a monthly giver or a one-time gift. Yeah. Or a one-time gift. And yeah. I love the volunteer call to action. Get your feet wet and, and learn and start that service component of your life. Yeah. Service to others. And that's that's why I love the third part of your mission in particular, serving suffering humanity. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's no word mincing there. It's very clear <laughs> yes. what you guys do. Hanging out with Captain Doug Hansen. He is uh, head of the Salvation Army here in Colorado Springs and, of course, Jeannie Turner, Community Relations Director for the organization as well. We're going to come back and learn a little bit more about the Salvation Army in just a minute. One critical fact that needs to be established is that your injuries were caused by the accident incident you were involved in. For your case to have merit, it must be made clear that had you not been in the crash in the first place, you wouldn't have been hurt. This is one of the most important steps in the entire process, and leaving it to anyone but an expert is a serious mistake. Ramos Law, doctor, lawyer, partner, combining medical and legal knowledge for better outcomes for you. And we're back fourth quarter here, True North. I'm your host, Dirk Hobbs. Again, thank you to Ramos Law for putting us up here and getting to know a little better the people that are moving the peanut forward here in Southern Colorado. I'm so grateful for organizations like this because, you know, you see it, you hear it, you hear it all the time, Salvation Army, or you hear other brands out there that are doing great mission work, folks. And it's absolutely astonishing some of the numbers behind this. And, you know, we don't say this to to guilt you or, or move you. We're, we're trying to move you into that giving spirit because uh, the holiday seasons is right upon us. And, you know, a lot of these families have just fallen on hard times through no fault of their own. They lost their job. Uh, You know, the bills just got ahead of them. Uh, They don't necessarily have the background or training uh, to understand how to operate a household budget. 
and they just get sideways with things and they need help. And I love Jeannie when you said it's a hand up, it's not a hand out. Yeah. So really appreciate that differentiation. And you do try to help folks get on a rail of sustainability. So what does that program look like in your world or what does that process look like in your world? So every component of our services, we offer case management. So whether they're just coming in um, to get a food bag or whether they're coming into utility assistance or even just show up at the emergency shelter. Mm -hmm. Sure, we can give you that service, but we take that time to say, okay, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. Um, We have case managers in all of our programs, uh, our veteran program as well. And we're really meeting with people to uh, figure out how to help them out of that situation. So that that's one of the neat things that does differentiate us from a lot of other um, nonprofits is our mm-hmm. case management. We do a very good job of um, building that relationship and helping um, work people out of their situations. Absolutely. So Doug, what, what keeps you up at night when you're, <laughs> you know, I mean, this, this is a big lift, you know, what you guys do is a huge lift. So yeah, you know you the one on. thing. Um, the one thing that I'm constantly thinking about, especially is this is a, a fairly large Salvation Army. If you looked across the scale of America, and it's uh, ensuring that our culture uh, is still permeates through every employee and through every volunteer, and um, and and that's the thing that really does keep me up is to make sure that all of our staff are on board with the mission all the way. That when a client greets the frontline worker. Uh, the receptionist or a volunteer receptionist or the case manager, are they going to have an uplifting experience? So they're going to be more hopeful about the future after having encountered the Salvation Army. Wow. And so it, that's difficult to say that we guarantee it at every level. Certainly, if you're on radio, you want to say that. We guarantee that at every level. <laughs> yeah. But if we're a little bit more honest, it, can we ensure that high standard of quality with all, every staff member? That's what keeps me and my wife up. Uh, well, maybe maybe me. Maybe she has other concerns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she has a three-year-old. Yes. <laughs> She's busy. Yes. Yeah. Well, I love the fact that that's, you're, you're that granular in your concern with um, the fact that your customer service, for lack of a better phrase, yeah. is, is really on par so that the folks are having a good experience, a positive experience. They're more receptive to hearing things you have to say, whether it's whether it's the word of God yeah, yeah. Uh, or how to manage their case back to sustainability. Well, you so, know, one of the things our mission is doing the most good, which is a great mission. We do, our mission statement, we do mm-hmm. we do the most good, probably. But. I think um, what Captain Doug says is so important. We not only have to do, we have to be. So we need to be the church. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And that is challenging to make sure that we really, truly are showing the love of Jesus. Because some of these people are are very difficult that we see. Some of our clients, some of our, you know, and so that's a, I I can see how that keeps him up at night. (laughs) Well, in hard times, you know, I mean, you're not exactly in a great mood when you're, when you've fallen on hard times. Yeah, yeah. Well, boy, what a high standard. How can I be like Jesus? You know? Right. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unattainable, almost, yeah. but certainly a goal mm-hmm. uh, for all of us. So uh, with those families, I mean, again, you put your arms around them and uh, they, they come into your purview, if you will. And that case management starts right away, right? I mean, it's pretty pragmatic as far as, okay, what are your needs and where do we go from here? Right. Fair and it, enough. Yep. Pretty much right off the bat. You know, we, we let them get settled a little bit and then we start looking at a lot of them don't have proper identification. They don't have yeah. um, shots of vaccinations for their kids to get them in school. I mean, it's a wide range of, you know, and believe it or not, a lot of people staying at our shelter have jobs. 
Uh, so we help them save money so that they yeah. actually can get on their own, uh, out on their own. Because as we all know, housing is expensive in our community. Yeah, it so, sure is. So it's not, you know, always who you think it might be um, that reaches out to us for help. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough time. That's a humbling experience to have to reach out because if you're in a larger business, mm-hmm. you know, three, four, five hundred people, to your point about statistically, one in 15 of those people is probably in the purview of the Salvation Army in Southern Colorado. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's that's huge. And, you know, again, it really comes from a place of compassion, right? I mm-hmm. mean, you guys are, are I'm, I'm, I get it. I have the satisfaction of sitting in the room with you right now. But I hope our listeners are understanding the gravitas and of, of the situations mm-hmm. that you're managing and the significance of the work you're doing. It's not just a great cause. You know, I mean, I'm kind of sick of that buzz phrase. It is a, it is a great cause, but it is a, it, it is a call to action. Mm-hmm. And it is people going to your website, getting online and saying, hey, you know what, I want to start with volunteering. And then they get in that and they see the difference they're making and the standards you've put before them, which is, you know what, we're going to make, even though they're on hard times and they might be barking at you or or whatever, you know what, we're here for love and service. Yeah. So. You said it well. Well, we're coming into the uh, holiday season, and this this is when you see a lot of those kettles out there. And I mean, it's time. I mean, let's let's put the Starbucks money in the red kettles instead, shall we? <laughs> Imagine what you could do with that money. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. This is what's keeping me up at night now is uh, the, the Christmas campaign. Because yes, we are getting ready to launch our red kettles. People, we already have um, our site where people can go on and start signing up to ring the red kettle bells. And you know, you talked about entry points for people. This is an amazing place for people to um, start getting involved with the Salvation Army. Churches, groups, families, kids, you know, they're, it, anyone can ring a red kettle bell for two hours. Okay. And just two hours changes a person's life. I mean, those kettles bring in several hundred dollars in just a couple hours. And, you know, you were saying, what does that money go to? $3 feeds somebody. $3 buys a warm meal Beauty. for somebody. Beauty. $15 shelters a family for a night. So every little bit that goes into those kettles mm-hmm. is going directly to change someone's life. Yep. And if you're inclined, they can also donate, right? I mean, really get on board with donation. Yeah. And Doug, yeah. you were mentioning they can do it once uh, for a season or... Just get on a regular program. What does that look like, G? Yeah, so online, it's uh, super easy. Just helpcollarsrings.com. You click the donate button, you give by credit card. Of course, we always um, welcome checks. We mm-hmm. even have um, one of the nation's best planned giving programs. The Salvation Army is very good about um, sitting down with people and doing estate planning so that people can leave legacy, a legacy gift to us. So, um, yeah, there's so many ways people can give. And once again, when they see those kettles, um, the credit cards, we, some of our the things have a tap they can give by credit card to the kettles even sure. nowadays. Mm-hmm. Or like I said, every dollar in there goes to help feed or shelter or help somebody. And so so there's so many ways, um, monetarily or just people's, what is it, the uh, time, treasure, and talents, you know, and stuff that they can truly, um, it really does make a difference. And this is a great way to tithe, really, because uh, it is a church mission. Yep. And even though you may tithe at your home church, this is a great opportunity to tithe a little bit more, stretch a little bit. And uh, so what does it look like for businesses participating with you? Well, first off, we are very grateful for the businesses that allow us to bell ring in front of there. The Kroger's, Safeway, Walmart's, Walgreens. Um, I'm going to forget some. Hobby Lobby. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Hobby Lobby, yeah. JCP. And they they let us uh, be in front of their, their stores because not all stores will allow us to bell ring. That's true. So we're very much appreciative of them. We we brought in last year with our, our total Red Kettle campaign from online, from the kettles, from our big fundraiser. We brought in over $500,000. 
it's a big number. That's a big number. It's the biggest in the Western states, but uh, that's still less than $1 per person in this county. I think there's like about 700,000 people in the county. That's a great way to look at yeah, it. Yeah. So, I mean, really, your small impact of the pocket change. I never have pocket change. Your small impact of a $1 bill going into that kettle, um, it really matters. It's very helpful. You know, yeah. I, I know some people, and this isn't meant to be guilted in or anything, but they're like, I can never go buy a kettle without giving. But even if what you gave was a dime or a quarter every time, yeah. it, you'd be doing your part. It would be very – It's. It's it's very impactful. It does add up. Mm-hmm. And then you got another. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say last year at our uh, Rock the Red Kettle kickoff, we had Randy Travis, Randy mm-hmm. and Mary Travis. Ah, cool. and, and Mary very. Travis actually said that this time of year, she purposely carries money to put in the kettles. I love it. So, and you got an event out there this year? We do. We're going to okay. do our Rock the Red Kettle kickoff November 11th out at Boot Barn Hall. And this year we have Tracy Bird. Tracy so Bird. look on our website. You can find out, um, you know, how you can sponsor or get involved with that. That's Absolutely. our big fundraiser. And of course you got a toy drive. Yes. You know, let's make this a Merry Christmas or a, a happy holiday season, whatever blows your hair back. But let's make this a great season for those kids that are going through this because, you know, they're just along for the ride. Mom and dad have fallen on hard times and you know what? They're trying. But let's let's give these kids a great year. Yeah. So we raised thousands of toys last year. We <clears throat> last year we gave toys to golly, I think it was about almost fifteen hundred children. Beautiful. And our goal is to give two to three toys, depending on significance. Um but yeah, we have our Angel Tree program and that's where uh, people can get Angel Tree tags and each tag is kinda like an ornament on a tree mm-hmm. and it's a, a child's name and the parent filled it out and it says their child's names, their likes to you know, Spider Man size six shoes, you know, that kind of a thing. Got and then you can buy a gift for the child. Yep. And help support and put a smile on a kid's face this Christmas season. That is awesome. Jeannie, one more time, call them to action. Just go to HelpColoradoSprings.com. You can either donate, volunteer, or um, just see what we have. Learn about the Salvation Army. HelpColoradoSprings.com. Appreciate you guys so much. Thank you, Doug Hansen, Captain Doug Hansen, uh, Salvation Army, Colorado Springs, and Jeannie Turner, Community Relations Director. Thank you both so much. Thanks for having us. Love Thank you, you guys. Really, really appreciate the work. All right. Today we're going to leave you with Satchmo. That is, uh, it's a wonderful world. I see trees of green. You've been listening to True North with your host, Dirk Hobbs, Saturday mornings at 8 on AM 1460 and FM 101.1. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.